You are Locked On Indians, your daily Cleveland Indians podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As it says, this is Locked On Indians. I am your host, Jeff Ellis of 24-7 Sports. We are going to look at the Indians' win today, uh, continue to do some standings watches for them, talk about the overall performances. Second half of the show, we are going to look at the Akron Rubber Ducks. I still want to call them the Arrows. It's a... Uh, it, one being from the area it's one of those things that uh, is just too ingrained but uh, yeah we'll take a look at the rubber ducks we'll look at who's performing down there take a look at a few other names to watch and um i'm going to do a bit of a preview uh talking about my shadow draft piece which i can finally start to put the finishing touches on at this point as most of the players have signed and i can look at the monetary values and come up with who i would have drafted most times, uh, the Indians do a better job than me, though we did see that uh, when you go back to the 2017 draft, uh, I actually came out ahead, which uh, surprised me when we did the overall rundown. So the Indians today knock off the Royals. Um, this was one of the games I was I felt okay about heading into this game because the Indians... Hit lefties better. Um, there were some concerns as Clevenger is coming off of two not-so-strong outings in his return from the disabled list, but he was stellar. Six innings, nine strikeouts, just four hits, no walks, um, just 79 pitches needed. If they weren't trying to build him up, uh, he probably would have had a chance to pitch the complete game shutout. Uh, Nick Goody came in, and he's been pitching really well since he got the call up. Uh it's interesting to see because he was another guy who struggled in AAA, and I think it kind of speaks to how bad of a pitcher's park it is. So when you see someone performing even average down there, that is a is a really good sign for that pitcher because that park is just so uh, hitter-friendly. And then uh, they bring in Brad Hand, and it's not a safe situation, but he records the final three outs. The Indians increase the record to 47-38. and 38. But before we get into, you know, the overall standings, you know, we talked about the pitching, Clevenger, Hand, Goody, all fantastic. But you have to talk about the, the hitting in this one because Carlos Santana has his team-leading 19th home run of the year, and Roberto Perez has his 15th, which is good enough for second. Santana, with that 19th home run, is now tied for the 28th in all of baseball. Some big names he's tied with, uh, Reese Hoskins, Glyber Torres, Jose Abreu, Yasiel Puig, Anthony Rizzo, Anthony Rendon, uh, you know, one less than him, J.D. Martinez with uh, Boston, and then that all speaks to just how good Carlos Santana has been this year and continues to be. It's uh, He is one of the top hitters in baseball, and uh, it's... It's been phenomenal just to see how he's performed this year. If I flip over here and go to uh, to OPS, if it's going to load for me, <laughs> I'm having some internet issues here. But, uh, you know, you can kind of look at the full picture with him where he has... Uh, let's see. Carlos Santana has the 11th best OPS in baseball. So the names ahead of him, if you're curious, Kristen Yelich. Cody Bellinger, Mike Trout, Josh Bell, Charlie Blackman, Anthony Rendon, Pete Alonzo, Freddie Freeman, Nolan Arenado, 
and Juan Soto. For me, Soto was a bit of the surprise on the list. He's so young that I didn't expect him to be quite there yet. Um, and I just haven't been paying a lot of attention to the Nationals, I'll be honest. But the rest of this list, I mean, Pete Alonso, uh, everyone's been hearing about the explosion. So even though he's a young guy and Josh Bell, uh, it's the same story, another young performer. But the power has finally come to complement the rest of that profile. But outside of those two, you know, three of the 10 players there. The other seven are names we always see up here at the top of these lists. And, you know, then you have Santana there. Uh, behind him, some other names that might be surprising, Wilson Contreras of the Cubs, Alex Bregman, not a surprise. How about Jeff McNeil and what he's doing with the Mets? The Mets did everything they could to uh, to take away his uh, at-bats, his starting position, uh, if not for injuries, he wouldn't even have, you know, when you look through this list, he has some of the f- uh, lowest number of at-bats of any hitter, and uh, that's because the Mets went out of their way to not give him opportunities. Um, you might hear some fireworks in the background on tonight's show as we record this on the July 3rd evening. Uh, Xander Bogarts, Chris Bryant, Rafael Devers, Kettle Marte, what a story out there in Arizona this year. Uh, DJ LeMahieu with the Yankees, another huge, great story. Huge, great story. And 20 is Max Muncie, who, you know, the Dodgers, what a scrap heap pine for them after he was let go by Oakland the past two years. If you continue further down, um, you know, it's interesting to see David Dahl up there, former top prospect. Uh, He's head up and down, but it looks like he is in Colorado is such a bad team offensively this year the fact that they have three players in the top 30 speaks to how awful the rest of that lineup is performed because trevor story is also in kind of this next tier uh to receive library torres luke voigt who's uh hurt but i mean what a trade for the yankees just a year ago um hunter renfro is in this listing one of those guys we've talked about so many times is who could have been an indians trade target and just when you're rounding out that top 40 Dan Vogelbach, uh, you know, no one would have expected that. Uh, Eduardo Escobar, one of the few guys Arizona kept instead of trading off. Jorge Polanco with Minnesota, who has been trailing off, we've seen over the past few weeks. So it's uh, Trey Mancini of Baltimore, I mentioned, is someone who could be traded. It's, you know, it's a strong list. Minnesota is, uh, is up here a lot on this one, as is Milwaukee. Um, but, and the Indians have one representative, and it is Carlos Santana. So to get back into the overall performance of this game, uh, the Indians facing a lefty, that is good for them. Uh, Lindor gets on base twice, (coughs) one time for Mercado, (coughs) twice for Santana with the home run. Luplo reaches base twice, Jose Ramirez, and Ofer. And that's just been the problem this year, is that he has that, really strong game and then he seems to follow it up with an offer and that's what we've seen and continuing to hit him fifth is just it's stupidity um you know we got roberto perez who goes uh two for three tonight gets the two hardest parts of the cycle by going two for three with a triple and a home run uh he's been absolute murder on lefties this year and you're gonna have him hitting seventh it makes no sense. It's it's bad decision making. It's bad roster management. It's bad management. Um, Kipnis reaches base, does score a run. 
But again, uh, Perez should be the five hitter. You know, if you want to make Kipnis at six, I'm fine with that. Whatever, but uh, at least flip Perez and Ramirez. It it just it needs to be done. Uh, Ramirez needs to be much lower. Naquin and O for three night tonight. Uh, I don't know why you have him out there against a lefty. He can't hit lefties to save his life. You have to platoon him. I know this is kind of the problem right now where they can't put Bobby Bradley out there because he is struggling so badly, and he can't hit lefties to save his life. So you put out Naquin. He has an 0-for-3. That's not a surprise. Bauer is a 2-for-3. That average is now up to 242. Uh, performing, he's been about a league average bat, which for this lineup is steady. And the fact that we're projecting him to be you know, a bottom third of the lineup, you're, you'll take that. And then you just remember how young he is, and there is that potential for growth. So it's uh, it's another good performance by these Indians. They have three more games before the All-Star break. Uh, they have one more easy one against the Royals tomorrow. They have Friday off, which is, you know, kind of a quirk of the schedule with the way things are set up before going against the Reds. Now the Reds are a team that are better than their record indicates, but the Indians are lucky enough to get to face the weakest part of that Reds rotation. That should play into their favor. Tomorrow, uh, Tomorrow's matchup is going to feature... It's going to feature Zach Plesak against Homer Bailey. Um, the Indians did struggle with Bailey earlier this year, but it's another one... The Indians should be at least 60-40 favorites in that game. Uh, it's a one fifteen. Saturday is a 4 o'clock, and then a one ten on Sunday. I mean, a sweep would be, of these last three games, spectacular as the Indians continue to gain ground on these uh, Minnesota Twins. The Twins, you know, built their uh, their lead by taking advantage of the, uh, the teams in the Central, and now the Indians are trying to turn around and, you know, uh, decimate that lead uh with the loss tonight it says six and a half but i swear we were at seven entering the game so the indians um i would thought would have been down to six but according to espn the indians are six and a half games back which when you consider where that lead was when people were giving this team up for dead when they were 11 back uh i mean they've really come firing back there seven and three in their last 10 when minnesota is five and five minnesota having lost their last two uh, the Indians are, they're not, if there's one good thing to say, I mean, there's a lot of good things to say, but this is not a team, you have to give them credit, uh, that has shown any quit. They are two back of Tampa Bay for the home car, home field advantage in the wild card, uh, with Oakland a game, half a game behind them. Oakland's in a rough situation as their ace pitcher, their, uh, who would have been an all-star likely Frankie Montes got the uh, 80 game suspension and that's just going to make it rough on them as a team going forward behind them is Texas Boston then comes the Angels uh, after that is the White Sox the Angels I think could be a team to watch uh, with the personal tragedy and everything else to unify them uh, you just sometimes we see those teams kind of rise above uh, something when something horrible occurs. And I'll be honest, uh, if they're not playing the Indians, I'm going to be rooting for the uh, the Angels in every game this year. I've always 
been a huge Mike Trout fan. He is just a special, special talent, and I would like to see him get the exposure he deserves. I'm not going to root against the Indians, but I will root for them when they are facing anyone but the Indians this year. I would I would personally love it if uh, the Indians could take over their division uh, from Minnesota and then uh, the Angels could somehow work their way into the wild card. And now is a good time for a word from our sponsors. First up is Hotels.com, website or app. Uh, they will tell you the places you should not go to. They will show you the best deals. They will save you time and money. Uh, you want to go there because that is their whole model. They are going to make it easier on you and save you money so you go back to them. I use them. You should use them. Our other sponsor is BlueChew.com. It is the little blue pill, like Viagra or Cialis, same active ingredients. But since it's chewable, it gets your bloodstream quicker and makes you ready to go quicker. If you go over to BlueChew.com, use the promo code MLB, you can try it for free. You're just going to have to pay the 5 bucks for shipping. This is your chance. If you've ever been curious, you want to see what it's like, get discreetly mailed to your door. You're just going to pay that 5 bucks in shipping, and you can see what all the hype is about. Remember, it's BlueChew.com, promo code MLB. And we're back. I want to thank you again for listening, subscribing, reviewing, telling a friend, anything to help this podcast gain more steam. A few things to talk about before we talk about the rubber ducks. First thing, uh, I talked about Nick Sandlin last night and how he had not pitched in a while. Uh, I had missed the tweet from the Indians uh, insider account, uh, Tribe Insider. It's an official account for the Indians that Sandlin has a right forearm strain and will not pitch again this year. Eh, A right forearm strain and he's going to take off a few months. That sounds like um, Nick Sandlin's uh, might be having surgery in the near future, and that he, you know, he might be uh, heading down the Tommy John path. If you remember, he missed time at the start of the year with some arm issues, and it is rather unfortunate because he was a moving quickly through the system, and B, you drafted him with the thought that you know he could conceivably be a major leaguer this year. Um, this could set him back severely, and. Sometimes with uh, the players like him, he, they never come back 100%. They come back 90 95%, and that can be too much of a razor-thin margin for the uh, the, the hope-for success level. Uh, the other pitcher I mentioned last night, James Karinchak, he has been out forever, it feels like. And he's been out since early May, if we're being more specific. Uh, the talk is he'll be back after the All-Star break. And at this point, he's really kind of the guy to pay attention to and look for in terms of uh, soon-to-be or potential help in the minors. Kyle Nelson, maybe he'll start to aggressively push. Uh, Jared Robins- Robinson, who uh, used to be a starter, now is a reliever and has looked really good this year. Another name to know and to pay attention to. The other thing we have to talk about is the trade the Indians made today. Uh, if it missed your notice, it's okay. It missed mine, too. The Indians traded international... Uh, money to the Tampa Bay Rays for Andrew Velasquez. Uh, Velasquez is the Indians continuing to try and get a cheap utility player. Uh, Max Morhoff didn't really work for them. They have, you know, they were hoping maybe Eric Stamets would step up. They've been trying so many guys at that spot. It has not quite worked out. Uh, Velasquez is... I don't know if he's going to be the answer. Uh, it also isn't specified what the amount of money 
is that the Indians are giving up from their international pool. They have made all of their signings they're going to make. They know what they can afford to send away. I haven't sat down and analyzed the stuff and seen how much they have left at this point. But uh, Velasquez is soon to be 25. He is the seventh-round pick of the Diamondbacks. Undersized switch-hitting uh, player. I, I'm, I'll explain why I'm not giving him a position. Uh, Baseball America ranked him as Tampa Bay's 18th best prospect coming into the year. Uh which is interesting because he had been last ranked in 2016 uh, as MLB Pipeline ranked him as their 29th best shortstop. Uh, he came from Arizona to Tampa in the Jeremy Hellickson deal, and he had some problems staying healthy um, after that occurred. This is the third trade the Indians have made with Tampa uh, since the end of last year. The big trade where they ended up with Yandy Diaz, the smaller trade where they acquired Chen Wei Hu, who's the player they designated for assignment with the addition of Velasquez, who, uh, you know, it was drafted in 2012 uh, as a high schooler, has played in the majors uh, for a handful of games the last two years. Uh, it's not, it's an okay profile, uh, walk rate around eight, strikeout rate around uh, 25% in the minors. There has been a little bit of pop. There has been, uh, you know, his ability to steal bases. The speed has always been there. So you're looking at a guy with some speed. A surprising amount of, I'm not saying this is like plus or huge power, but closer to average power for an undersized guy. So definitely speed, some power. And I think the big thing here with, uh, with Velasquez is he plays all over. In the minors, he has played 410 games at shortstop, 91 games at second base, 58 at center, uh, 36 at third base, uh, four just listed as outfield, one in right, one in left, and once as DH. So he's listed as a shortstop because that is where he's played the most, but he is a super utility. He's going to go down to AAA. He'll get some at-bats down there. But uh, I don't hate it. I know I'm often kind of negative on these fringy uh, deals because there is value in a guy who can play all over, especially when you carry as short of a bench as the Indians carry. That's the A. The B is he brings a tool, and that is his speed. So you're looking at defensive ability plus speed, uh, switch hitter. And in general, I you know the, the power that he has had is something that makes me uh, perk up and notice. He has had some injury issues in the minors, and that's kind of knocked down his value a bit, but there's a reason why he was uh, graded highly at points, and last year uh, for the Durham Bulls, he hit two fifty eight with a three seventeen on base, a four oh nine slugging, and he stole 29 bases and 32 attempts. Uh, you'd like to see maybe the strikeouts cut back a little, but it's, it's not a bad line. Uh, the doubles were also up there a little bit because of his speed, so for international pool money, it's a it's a solid gamble. It's not a big deal. It's not a uh, a deal that makes or breaks the Indians. But uh, they traded something that they didn't need for someone who could potentially help them. Uh, it's the type of gamble gamble you want to make on the fringes of your roster. It's why they made that trade uh, for Hugh in the off season. When I mean, I wasn't the only one. There's a lot of smart people I respect a lot, like Mike Hattery over at Everybody Hates Cleveland who talked about, you know, this guy could be a potential um, option out of the bullpen. 
and it just didn't work out and he was getting shellacked in AAA. Someone will likely claim him because there's potential and there are he throws like five, six pitches. There's a lot of stuff there and you think, oh, just make him reliever and kind of cut back and it just hasn't worked out so far this year. So I know I talked about the uh, Akron. We're not going to get to it in today's show. Uh, we, uh, When I sat there in the midst of the show and realized I had uh, needed to talk about Velasquez and Sandlin and everything else, it uh, it pushed Akron back. I, I will say Alex Call, I mentioned it before, he's the player of the week. Andrew Montesterio, the third player in that Jan Gomes deal, has been activated and is playing after missing time with injury. The the overall overview, if you are looking at the Akron Upper Ducks right now, is uh, don't. I'm kidding. It's uh, it just it's not a super interesting team at this point. A lot of the guys who were the central interesting points uh, to this team at the start of the year were promoted or got hurt uh, offensively. It's Ernie Clement who's a backup. Uh, I liked. Uh, Andrew uh, Monasterio, so he's fun to check out, to look at Alex Call. Uh, I was a fan of coming out of Ball State. But when you're talking about those are the three most interesting bats, I think that says something. This team is a team you want to go to see the pitching. Uh, Broom and uh, Nelson are both uh, fast-track relief guys. Henke's, Morgan uh, are your starters you really want to lock into. Jared Robinson down there is the other fast-track relief guy. But, uh, you know, there's like five or six arms. One, I mean, the top five prospects are all pitchers. So that's kind of, and I forgot to mention Adam Scott, who also was a draft pick from a year ago who's been aggressively pushed up. I'll kind of go into the stats of those players tomorrow, but uh, that's a quick rundown since I promised I would uh, get some rubber ducks talk here at the end. Thank you all for listening, rating, reviewing, and uh, telling a friend wherever you listen and you subscribe. Thank you, and as always, go Tribe.